0: Hey guys, A.I. Levy here and I just want to open up this episode telling you guys that it's going to be a little bit different if you already own our speed mixing system there's nothing for you here because that's what we're going to be talking about today but we've been working on this for well over a year and we truly believe that this is something that can change your audio life take it to the next level so if that sounds like something you're interested in Listen in.
1: Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast Brought to you by Two Notes Audio Engineering Two Notes is a leader in the market for loadbox, cabinet, and mic simulators Gone are the days of having ISO rooms Or having to record an amp at ear bleeding volumes to capture that magic tone The Torpedo Live, Reload, and Studio Allow you to crank your amp up as loud as you want But record silently Check out wwwtwo notes. for more info. And now your hosts, Joel Wanasek and A.L. Levy.
0: All right, welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. I am A.L. Levy, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. I am actually going to be interviewing Joel Wanasek, my co-host on the podcast, because something special happened at URM. We've released our very first standalone course now you guys are probably thinking you guys release courses all the time or like what are you talking about but actually it's not true we've released uh nail the mix for about two years now almost and your enhanced fast track mini courses and a ton of podcasts, but we've never done a standalone course that's almost the length of a school semester. That's step by step with uh, workbooks and assignments and all the uh, all the above that you would find in an actual school course. So it's our first time, and we're here to talk about it. And the reason I'm going to be interviewing Joel is because it's his course. So uh, Joel, hello.
2: How you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm ready to talk about this. What uh, if
2: I want to be the host today and not the interviewee?
0: Well, it's your damn course, bro. <laughs> so uh, you're like the most productive person or one of the most productive people I've ever met. And like, I definitely think that you're wired differently than me and a lot of people. And I definitely think that there's some of that that's just in who you are, uh, but I also think that a ton of it can be trained, and I feel like that's, uh, that's what this course is about. So why don't you introduce it to us and tell us, uh, tell us how this is actually the story of your brain?
2: Well, that's a pretty epic lead up here. So what we're doing is we're coming out with a course, or I should say we just came out with a course. What do I mean? We're coming out with a course. (laughs) What kind of podcast is this? (laughs) We just came out with a course called Speed Mixing, which is really, really exciting for me because it's the entire culmination of my life. So basically... If you guys aren't familiar with this, I mix over 500 songs a year. And I've done this many, many times in my career. And I mix extremely fast. Like I'm clearing a mix in like 30 to 45 minutes on a slow day when I just don't care and I'm in no hurry or I wanna really screw around. I mean, still, it's like an hour to an hour and a half maximum. And I've done some pretty crazy Olympian-style mixing feats. Like, for example, one time I mixed 18 songs in a single day. Or one time I mixed an entire consecutive record in three hours and 30 minutes, went to lunch, came back, did four more singles, and was back home by about four in the afternoon for dinner. And if you guys want
0: proof that he's not full of shit, uh, just watch any Nail the Mix that Joel actually mixes and cut out All his talking, (laughs) and you'll end up with like 30 minutes of actual mix.
2: I mean, I could actually mix an entire song. i nail the mix, but we'd be done in like a half an hour. And yeah. They wouldn't learn anything. I wouldn't talk. It's click, 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 <laughs> So no, no, I'm dead serious. There's no fabrications. This is so legitimate. Um, it's it's crazy because the only other dude that I know personally that works on this level is Billy Decker, and he's insanely savage. And uh, it was really cool going down to Nashville and having a talk with him because it was like speed mixing heaven. We were just sitting there and we're like talking. About all these little weird tweaks and crazy things that we do to hack our speed and stuff like that, but it's really important. And I want to explain why this is important because I feel like I shouldn't say I feel like I know from doing this podcast and having talked to so many amazing, cutting edge people who are just working on the highest levels of this industry, as well as you know, over a year and a half of Nail the Mix, I know for a fact that the industry is speeding up, meaning the turnaround times, especially over the last like two to three years, have increased almost exponentially. Where it was like before, meaning like a couple of years ago, you know, a lot of people on the top are mixing a record in like two to four weeks on the quick side. And now it's like I'm getting calls to mix records. For example, I just accepted a record to when I get back and it has a 10 day turnaround time to do the entire record. And I mean, it's a high budget, large. Artist on a major label in Japan, and you know what I mean. Like it's a serious album, but it's got a ten-day turnaround time. Like they extended it for me just because I'm going to be gone in Russia, and I come back, and then I've got ten days to just do plow through the entire record, which would be more than sufficient. But it, it just goes to show you, like there's a perfect example of something real-world. Or let's talk about man. Singles, when I know? was
0: mixing full-time and involved in a studio that was mixing all the time, a ten-day turnaround was. Kind of pushing it as far as uh, <laughs> as far as you know speed went. That was like the edge of starting to get uncomfortable.
2: The only way I'm not turning out that entire record in two to three days tops with revisions if it, is if the artist decides to fly out and sit over my shoulder. <laughs> In that case, because you're doing client entertainment, you're not actually mixing. But I mean, let's talk about singles for a second here, Al. This is something that's really crazy, is I'm getting single requests now where people are like, yo, can you kick this out in like 12 to 24 hours? I mean, I did some masters. I know this isn't mixing, but I did some masters um, for the new Christina Grimmie album that just came out. And my buddy Seth had done it. And like, literally, he was getting songs like the morning of to mix and that they were due. And then I would have them by like the afternoon and then I would kick out the masters master in like an hour and then it would go to the label and it'd be finalized before it closes at five o'clock in LA. You know what I'm saying? So think about how crazy that is. It's like I get the master and I've got an hour to turn it around or he gets the the track that morning and he's got to mix it and do an amazing job. And this is like major label stuff. This isn't like you know, the local band down the street. You know, there's like money behind this stuff. And um these are just small examples of some of the crazy things that are happening with the turnaround times. But you know what? I mean, this is the new world we live in. This is the reality. And we have to work much faster than we've ever before. And I think it's actually a cool opportunity because if you know how to kick ass and what I mean by kick ass is go in and work really, really fast. Yeah, okay, budgets are coming down a little bit, but you can make up so much more money on volume. I mean that's like I've really made a killing. I've never really gotten a ton of stuff. I mean, you know, a couple of times I've got like a thousand bucks a track, 750 I, I get often, but sometimes I'll make stuff as low as like even 500 bucks on the low end. But the thing is when I can do five, 10 songs in a day easily, that adds up really, really fast. And it's kind of like, it, it doesn't matter. How many you know what the price is of the mix? If you can clear ten mixes in a day, and then spend like two hours the next day doing revisions, and you're done. I mean, it just adds up.
0: Even if you charge two fifty a mix, if you can charge, if you can clear ten of those in a day, I mean, it's ridiculous. Give me break. Yeah,
2: you you can like buy, you know, you can fix your rusty old uh, band van, you know, and like buy a a, (laughs) a new car, like a legitimate one.
0: Well, (laughs) the reason I'm saying two fifty. A mix is because that's not the kind of price that you get for a major artist. That's like what locals will pay. It's very normal for a local to pay a local a local band to pay a local engineer two fifty a track.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, and even at two fifty a mix, and I've mixed enough songs at two fifty, you know, to fill up you know an entire. Masters, or you know, like uh, just drive on my hard drive. So I've definitely mixed in that price range too many times. And like I said, even if you're mixing like a hundred bucks a song, I mean, think about it. If you can mix an album in a day, you can make a thousand bucks. And I don't care what level you're at in the industry or what your obligations are. If you can make a thousand bucks a day and do that more than one or two times a week, I mean, that's, that, that's a really damn good living. You know what I mean? It's so just think about that. You know, that's what I'm saying is like the opportunity right now is just making money on volume and now, okay. I I know the instant objection is, Oh dude, like, What if I don't have enough clients to do that? Blah, blah, blah. My answer is, you got to look at it like this. It's not about that. It doesn't matter how many clients you have. It matters how you set your system up to work for you so you can leverage your time and talents and absolutely just be on point all the time so when you get something, you can turn it around and you can optimize every second of your time and be more efficient and effective. So what ends up happening is you have more time to go out and acquire clients or you have more time to study and train. You have more time to, you know, play with gear or create new templates or, you know what I mean, like refine and tweak things because you're spending less time actually mixing because you're more effective. And another clear distinction I feel like I should make kind of going off this tangent is when I say, when I'm talking about mixing fast, I feel like a lot of people can misconstrue that as like taking shortcuts or half-assing it or like, you know, loading a template that uh, just makes everybody sound the same. And that's absolute horseshit because it's completely wrong. Um, You're not, I'm not talking about mixing fast and doing a crappy job that you wouldn't want to put your name on. I'm not talking about mixing bands and making them all all identical or anything like that. I'm talking about like doing the job that's necessary for the artist so they can fit the market they're in and be competitive. I'm talking about sitting down and mixing and just being ultra efficient and concentrated with zero distractions and just being in the zone and giving your best performance. Like you're, you know, performing on stage for 10,000 people and, you know, just like getting in there and just crushing it. When you get done, you know, you're just totally going with your gut instinct and you're, you're vibing and you're off it and you're not sitting there like overthinking it and you're focusing on what's most important in the mix and you're making the song come to life. You're not sitting there and dicking around with your snare drum for four hours trying to EQ it. So those are very important distinctions that I think need to be made. So, yeah, in reality, uh,
0: by taking on a system like this, you are able to put the majority of your energy into the things that actually matter, like the artistic content, like the message of the artist, like the emotional value, because you you take all the mechanical tasks, all the non-creative tasks, and you systematize them in a way that you just knock them out with brutal savagery.
2: But it's so much more than even that. I mean, that's definitely a large part of it. And I think you really hit it on the head. But it's it's not just the actual execution of the mix and the preparation. You know, it's like the entire system of client interaction and setting yourself up to, you know, so you can eliminate unnecessary notes and you can have very smooth, clean, proper interactions with clients that are drama free and problem free. Or, you know what I mean? There's so it's just basically so many- setting
0: up your whole life for this.
2: Yes, correct. So when you're in the studio, for example, you're there to work and you're there to kick ass. You're not there to screw around. You're not sitting there checking Facebook. You're not wasting time. You're not texting your brother about the new Magic the Gathering card set that you got and how cool it is that you got this plus one mana. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're not sitting around wasting time. Like you sit down and it's like, all right, I'm in like the NBA playoff or I'm in like the Super Bowl and I'm here to win and I'm going to go give the best effort that I've ever gave in my life and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to crush this song. It's going- in with absolute savage confidence and treating it like it's a gladiator duel to the death. And then once you finish the song and you've made your creation and it shines and it pops and it comes out of the speakers, you know, and the mix is gelling and like the song comes alive, like that's what it's all about, you know? So getting yourself into that psychological zone is also just important as the execution is also as important as the systems of interaction and everything else. You know, it's like, it's a lot of little teeny things that add up and create a synergy. And this is the, the thing where, Again, where I think people have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to, um, you know, like workflow hacks. They think like, oh, if I just had this one thing, it's like, you know, like in mixing, if I just had this new compressor, these new converters, if I just had this new plugin, my mixes would be great. And I remember when I used to think like that in my career, but it's not. It's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of tweak here, 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 and all of a sudden, across twenty things, when you add them up, you just have this massive boost in synergistic productivity and systemized interaction. And workflow, and it, it's just like the the synergy of so many tiny little things that you would never really think about, but when you do them, it really matters. So you know, it all just adds up, and that's the most important thing.
0: Perfect time for me to tell you what's in this course. All right, so if you get speed mixing, and you go to nailthemix.com dot com slash speed mixing, uh, here's what you'll get. You get. Lifetime access to 70 instructional videos covering mixed techniques, client relations, time management, do-optimization, business systems, team building, outsourcing, speed building, EQ training, and Joel's proven method for extreme effectiveness and efficiency. You get a seven-week speed mixing bootcamp complete with 30 sets of expertly recorded multi-genre raw multi-tracks. And these are tracks that I've recorded, that Joel's recorded, all stuff we've actually worked on. Um, you get those all, and you can actually use them in your portfolios up to 45 seconds. So you get 30 songs that you can add to your portfolios. You get bonus access to our exclusive instructor-led speed mixing group. This is where you chance to learn from your peers as well as attend free weekly live chats focused on what's helping you conquer the system. You get 43 pages of hard-hitting supplemental materials, including step-by-step assignments, trackers, charts, notes, spreadsheets. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like, uh, for instance, there's this really badass spreadsheet that does all the math for you on hiring an assistant. Um, It down to percentage and hours per mix, how many mixes per month. It's some seriously detailed stuff. You get our Client Acquisition Masterclass, and that's because you know some people might be like, well, I how can I mix 500 songs per month if I can't even mix, uh, if I don't even have five clients? Well, this is why we have a Client Acquisition Masterclass. Uh, on top of the Client Acquisition Masterclass and everything I've already said, we've got some more bonuses. Uh, You get the Speed Mixing Bundle by JST. That's uh, Gain Reduction Deluxe, Tone Forge Guilty Pleasure, Tominator, JST Clip, and Finality. You get all those plugins. You get a one-on-one 15-minute Skype call with Joel, where he will personally help you through any of your speed mixing challenges. And you get a free month of URM Enhanced, plus a free previous month of Nail the Mix, and uh, free updates for life. Kind of unbeatable. All right. So now that you know what's in the course or what comes with it, let's uh, let's get specific about some actual speed mixing tricks. Now, one thing that you make a big emphasis on, and I've actually made a big emphasis on this before even meeting you, but you take this to a whole other level than me because you're just a fucking efficiency god. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know about uh, that, but no, you not- are, and uh, the whole. Beginning of this course, you cover everything that you do before you even start mixing. And so it's like the speed mixing begins before the audio even starts playing. Can you talk about some of the things that you do to just get ready, get the tracks ready that...
2: Yeah, sure. In terms of preparation or mindset, because in I feel like... In terms
0: of preparation, I think we've covered your mindset quite a bit.
2: Okay. I was going to say, because there's a, there's both of them are, I feel like, equally as important. Okay, so let's just talk about preparation. Um, preparation is very complicated. There's a lot of things to talk about, but um, let's st- start with the DAW, right? Because a lot of people, you know, I, I pretty much almost everybody in the modern world right now that's making music uses a DAW at some point in their chain, um, even if it's minimally, even if it's just to like, you know know... know, capture it off the tape machine or something. You know what I mean? Like the DAW is is here to stay. So the thing is, is like, how many times have people sat down and read the bloody manual? I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, I never met, read it until I sat down and I met Joey. And Joey was like, he read the manual and he showed me some cool tricks. I'm like, damn, I got to read the manual. So then I went and read the manual like four or five times. And after I read the manual, then I was like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Or I didn't know you could do that. Or that makes so much sense. Or, oh my God, that's a way faster way to do that. What the heck was what I was thinking? So a lot of people don't sit down, for example, and just like learn all of the key commands that in the DAW. And that sounds like an obvious, simple thing, but for example, in Cubase, you can assign uh, a key command to literally anything. So I don't like to move my mouse because I have this really ridiculous and hilarious metric called uh, PPMC, price per mouse click, meaning every time I click my mouse, it costs me money. And if I can lower that value... You know, so it costs me less money because I'm clicking the mouse less to get, you know, more actions complete with less clicks, then it makes me more efficient and it makes me more money. So if I, I have to hate having to take the mouse out of the middle of the screen where, like, the, you know, you have like all the tracks and everything, and I don't, I wanna be able to zoom in with my mouse wheel and the, and the control key so I don't have to move my mouse anywhere. I don't have to go up to like the file menu or the project menu or any of the menus on top or click on any buttons up there because that means I have to take my mouse cursor, move it all the way up, and then move it all the way back down. So I macro and I key command literally anything that requires me to move my mouse if I can possibly help it Wow, within reason. So, for example, simple things that people don't think of that waste a ton of time, like importing files, um, importing track archives, which is like a system of templates in Cubase. Uh, try to think about it like maybe you've got like a base chain or something like that. If you want to just fly it in and test it or whatever, like that, you know, where you just move the audio up onto the tracks. Okay, so you can do that in and out, or like you're like different versions of saving, like exporting different things, exporting a, a mix mixdown, or exporting stems, or exporting batch, or you know, having key commands for all of these little teeny tabs and then memorizing them and then training them to the point where it's subconscious. For example, auto-saving will save you a lot of time, but I have trained my brain to literally control S to save literally after every move I make. So if I, if I move and I click on something and I do something control S so that way, and this has saved me a million times in my career because the auto save interval is usually like a minute or 30 seconds where I'll be going on. I'll be doing some crazy automation or something. Suddenly, boom, I'll do something stupid. The computer will crash and then I'll open it and I'll literally be exactly where I was before the computer crashed because I have intrinsically saved it. So just little stupid habits like that, that you know, that saves so much time, you know, cause then you don't have to re sometimes like rebooting the computer. For example, I know this is not a DAW optimization, but getting like the fastest computer possible. Cause when you reboot the computer and if it takes 10 seconds, that's a lot better than three minutes. And you know, if well, that happens, let me tell
0: you that there was a time period um, where I had to reboot a lot on Pro Tools user. And you know, that happens. And I started to do the timing on that. I, I mean, I started to, to calculate how much time it was taking. And I figured out that over the course of a year, I was losing two weeks of my life to rebooting.
2: You know, I'll tell you something crazy. I calculated it out. And if you spend 15 minutes a day, assuming a normal week, um, and you can speed up your workflow by 15 minutes a day, it comes out to something like three weeks of your life. It's ridiculous. That's an entire awesome vacation, you know, because you, you didn't optimize your stuff. And there's a lot of things that can save you 15 minutes a day. You know what I mean? Like that's not a very lofty goal, you know, trying to save three hours a day. Now that's impressive, but 15 minutes a day, that's so doable by, I feel like anybody, but like I said, that's three extra weeks. How many more songs could you mix in three extra weeks? It's like, I can mix like 40 or 50 songs in that time. So think about that. It's just ridiculous. So aside from things like DAW optimizations, there's a lot of good things you can do on the client communication side. For example, having a great mix requirements guide. And this, is something. I mean, I feel like a lot of these things are obvious, but some, but it's crazy how many times you'll say things. And then people have the aha moment. They're like, Oh, wow. Why didn't I think of that? That's it. Or they like, they know better, but they don't do it. Having a great client guide where it says, here's exactly how I want my files. And then putting a line at the end that says, if you don't send them this way, guess what? There's going to be upcharges. And you don't send that to just the tracking engineer. You also send that to the band and you say, read the client guide and look at the last line. And they say, okay, I've seen it. I've confirmed. Okay, now we know we're not going to have any problems. And I'll tell you, as soon as you put that in, the tracking engineer will go to hell and back to make sure that you get your files exactly how they want them. Or else they're going to have a really pissed off client wanting to know why they didn't listen and why the mixer wants to charge them X amount of song because they didn't listen. So just simply simple things like that, like setting that up, or let's talk about mix revisions. This is, this is some nice stuff. Um, for example, having just one person in the band be the contact for mixed revisions will save you an entire lifetime of stress and gray hair and the sleepless nights because how many times, Al, in your career oh have God. like- Like, you know, the the bass player calls you at like 11 p.m. He's like, dude, can you turn this part up? And you're like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, you just get a note from the bass player, the vocalist or drummer, and then you turn it up and, you know, like not even 15 minutes after you send the updated mix, you got like the band calling you, swearing at you like, dude, we've been fighting about that part for three weeks. Why the hell did you turn that up? Blah, 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 blah. And then like all of a sudden you're the bad guy. And you're like, hold on. I didn't even know, man. The dude just (laughs) said turn up the thing. And you're just like, You're, you're
0: making me think of this hilarious story I was working with this band this actually signed band um, where the singer kind of sucks and the drummer is a better vocalist than the singer And <laughs> but they're very very shy about it to each other so what they'll do is sometimes have the drummer do quote unquote backup vocals while the singer's gone but the backup vocals will be doubling every single line in the song and so <laughs> they there's this one time where they're having me mix a track and the one guy or the two guys in the band I was talking to, this was before I made the rule of one person, uh, they kept on telling me, turn up the drummer, drummer vocal up, drummer vocal up, drummer vocal up. And then on the final day, I get an email from the singer, which is like, you know, I'm the lead vocalist. Like, why are my vocals buried? And suddenly it's like 12 pages of vocal notes because they weren't communicating with him and I didn't communicate in advance that, uh... Oh, my. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh. I didn't do... You could avoid ex- avoided all that if I know. you would have just put that one little line in the prep guide or, you know, giving the well, band a sheet. yeah.
0: Well, I was late with the record and, uh... it it caused me some problems and it's my fault for not having communicated that in advance. And again, it's super obvious stuff, but like you take all these super obvious little things, like one little thing here, one little thing there, and it adds up to it's obvious, but it's not
2: because I feel like a lot of these mistakes, a lot of people deal with client interaction, basically just on a, whatever happens basis. You know, it's not systematized. They sit down and they're like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to text this dude and then I'm going to email this guy in the band and I'm going to call the A&R guy and I'm going to you know what I mean like you're not really it's not systematized. It's just whatever the hell happens. And this is what happens when, the, and then you learn a lesson like that. And you're like, okay, never again, how can I fix that? Then you learn another one. Then you learn another one. Then you learn another hard one. And it's by the end of it, you're like, oh, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I do these 15 things before? Um, a good, you know, another good thing to give in advance, like I said, it's just like a set of rules for how the session is going to go. For example, the payment terms. Now, this is something that I get really pissed about because every time I violated this in my career, I have gotten nailed. Like I, I, I Always gotten my money, but sometimes I've had to wait and fight for nine months to get it. You know what I mean? I'm threatened like legal action. And you know, the thing is, if you go to court with somebody, that's it. Like the the relationship is beyond over. But at the same time, if somebody's being a jerk and not paying you for nine months, it's kind of like I feel like you should almost have the right to show up in their office with a broad sword and challenge them to a duel. So (laughs) unfortunately, we have laws that prevent that sort of shenanigans, but um, I can fantasize. But in the meantime, you know, simply having a line like, hey, if you don't, you give me 50% down to start the project. And if I will not give you the masters until I have my payment. And then they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the labels like hurry up, hurry up hurry up, or anybody client. And then you're just like, okay, well, here's the deal. Here's my routing number. I want to see that. I don't see funds in my account. So the second that shows up in either a, my PayPal, b my bank account, or I have a physical check in my hand that I know isn't going to bounce that I've deposited in my bank at that point. Guess what? I, here's a screenshot of the stems. All I need to do is push that send button. You'll have them in 20 seconds. So, in the meantime, you go get me that money. Oh, but we're in a really hurry. I'm like, I don't care. You know what else I'm in a hurry? I'm in a hurry to get paid. So get me my money now. And you know, sometimes you got to really assert some backbone, but I'll tell you, man, like every time in my career that I like, Oh, I've worked with this band like five times. It's not going to be a problem. Oh, but they got a new manager. Boom. Now you got a problem. Oh, I work with this band a bunch of times. Oh, they're on a new label. Boom. Now you got a problem. You know, Oh, these guys aren't going to screw me over. They're like, they're like my guys, blah, 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 blah. blah. Oh, Dude quits the band, they got a new guy in the band, boom, now everything went to hell. Oh, now all of a sudden they can't pay on time. You know, dude, you just, you got to prevent it before it comes in and having really strict terms that you set up front with the artist before they come into the studio. That way, when it happens, you can just point and be like, look, you know better. Here's the rules. You agreed to it. It's a contract. Have a nice day. Give me my money.
0: And And there's no problems. And you go into this in detail in the course. I know you do. I'm just reaffirming.
2: I mean, on this podcast, we're really just scratching the surface, Al. It's kind of like in the course, it's just there's so many more things. But I'm just trying to give people kind of like a a couple of good points that they can kind of take home to the bank and think about.
0: Yeah. And uh, these, uh, these are typical problems that we know from having thousands of students and being in the industry that these are things that everybody goes through and these are the things that slow you down. So let me give you a recap of what you're gonna get if you get the speed mixing course. You can get lifetime access to 70 instructional videos covering mixing techniques, client relations, time management, DAW optimization, business systems, team building, outsourcing, speed building, EQ training, and Joel's proven method for extreme effectiveness and efficiency. You're getting a seven-week speed mixing bootcamp, complete with 30 sets of expertly recorded multi-genre, raw, multi-tracks. These are tracks that I've recorded, Joel's recorded, that we've mixed, that we've actually worked with. These are real bands. They sound good. These are well-recorded. And you can use them up to 45 seconds in your own portfolios. So for those of you who have no clients, this uh, will actually help you put a portfolio together so you can go get clients. You get bonus access also to our exclusive instructor-led speed mixing group, where you get a chance to learn from your peers, as well as attend free weekly live chats focused on what is helping you conquer the speed mixing system. You get 43 pages of hard-hitting supplemental materials, including step-by-step assignments, trackers, charts, notes, and spreadsheets of all which will help you build a professional mixing business, no matter if you work out of your house or rent a studio space. And when I say step-by-step, I mean every single thing in this course has an assignment on it, and uh, we make it real. It's completely practical. We give you the theory, but we also train it um you get
2: they don't have to do it we should say that you don't have to do anything but the reality of the situation is if you want to be successful you should do it it's not mandatory but it's so recommended that you go through and do the hands-on stuff because that is what's going to really aside from theory like is going to really bring this home
0: oh yeah it'll make it real um those of you who might be like well cool i'll learn to mix faster but uh You know, Joel's talking about having 500 clients or 500 songs a year. I have zero. Well, We're including Client Acquisition Masterclass with this as well.
2: I I got a good rebuttal to that too. Allow me to be rude and interrupt you, but I feel like it's really important for people to understand this clear distinction. Okay, it doesn't matter how many clients you have or where you are. If you have like a crappy job that you're sitting there and you don't have enough time to mix, you come home and you want to spend all this time doing audio, but there's just not enough time. This will help you speed up and organize your life. So when you get home, you're more effective. You get more stuff done, meaning you can quit your crappy job faster. What a concept.
0: Yeah, and uh, the other thing is let's talk about the crappy job situation Um, when people get home from their crappy job or a job they love, but they want to mix, oftentimes they're tired uh, and they only have two hours and if they're not super efficient, those two hours you know, you could either get a lot done in those two hours and actually be building towards a career, or it can just be two kind of somewhat wasted hours dicking around with your hobby. You know, it's all in how you approach them and what you put in. So, also, we got an amazing set of bonuses. First one is you get the speed mixing bundle by Joey Sturgis Tones, five plugins. That's a gain reduction deluxe, awesome compressor. That's a Toneforge Guilty Pleasure, which is an amp sim, Tominator, which will help you clean up those drum tracks, JST Clip and finality. Uh, you get a one-on-one 15-minute Skype call with Joel, where he will personally help you through any of your speed mixing challenges. You get a free month of URM Enhanced, plus a free month of Nail the Mix, uh, your choice of which one you want, and free updates for life, because we will keep updating this system for years. Because uh, times change, uh, rules change, expectations change, and um, we're going to update this to reflect. Now, let's talk about cold hard execution of speed mixing in the mix itself. We've talked oh, about. Man,
2: you're going to get me excited talking about that. Well,
0: we've talked a lot about the philosophy and the preparation, and the client interaction. Let's talk about some uh, cold hard mixing.
2: Oh man, there's a ton to talk about on the mixing side of this. Okay, so let's just start out with the actual training. I think that's a good thing. And I kind of want to roll back because we were talking about the stems, and uh, I don't think people understand how big of a deal this is. So we've sat down and we have made some ridiculous. I have four trainers, but ridiculous trainers that are going to really push your limits as not only a human being, but you're a mixer. Just like it's it's going to it's going to create stress and you stress, positive stress, important stress. Stress that will make you perform and it's going to force you to do things that are going to be really uncomfortable. And what's going to happen through the intervals that we're training them in is it's going to move you right outside your comfort zone. It's going to force you to think in a way that you're probably not used to thinking, and then it's going to make you do it for just enough time to kind of internalize it. And we're going to do it in a bunch of different ways. For example, I have a challenge in there where I'm going to force people to do some EQing, and they only have a certain amount of time to EQ each instrument. And when I do it, it's it's ridiculous on camera. I actually failed on one of them. I missed the timer by a couple of seconds. But um, when you watch me do it, it's like, click, 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 next instrument, click, 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 click. So I'm going to train you guys how to get that fast. Or for example, you know, training to try trust your gut instinct and not over, over um, do it. I have a trainer in there where you're only allowed one fader move and there's some like really ridiculous constraints that you never have in the real world. But what it does is it forces you to just trust your impulse and be like, that feels right. Stop next. That feels right. Boom. It teaches you how to commit or we're going to mix 30 songs in 30 days. And we've laid out this epic stems pack. Like I was just saying, or I should say multi-tracks pack. And what's cool about it is it yeah, covers.
0: Yeah. Cause they're not actually stems cause they are raw.
2: Yeah, I always say stems, but it's multi-tracks, and this is going to cover an entire, it's it's crazy, like, we go from, we have tons of like, electronic stuff, we've got alternative stuff, we've got soft stuff, dynamic stuff, ultra-synthetic process stuff, we've got heavy stuff, we've got rock stuff, we've got radio stuff, we've got, you know, it, it's just a massive variety of stuff to mix that's all modern and current, and the cool thing is these are all great songs, like, these are all really well-produced, and all of these songs, you know, they've got a nice amount of, like, you know, they're just they're really good songs, so they're going to be fun to mix, but they all have unique challenges designed to throw you and challenge you and put you out of your comfort zone. So, you may be really good at mixing up metal songs, but when I throw you some of the naturalist indie stuff or some of the pop stuff, it's going to really mess up your world, or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, there's stuff in there that's going to really challenge people because it's easy to get comfortable in one genre. Most people cannot competently mix more than two genres tops, so this is going to teach you how to just work situations and not only that. It's like, boom! This song might have fully programmed drums, and I got to figure out how to deal with that. Or this song may be a hybrid where you're supposed to replace everything because it was recorded in a ten by ten basement, aka my old my old setup. And uh, you're supposed to only use the overheads. And then this thing might be, you know, a multi-track of just um, you know, tons of tracks of real drums. So
0: what you're saying is that all thirty of these songs are completely different situations. They're all. Real life situations, because, yeah, we're, I mean, we didn't create these tracks just for the course. These are tracks that we've actually recorded in real life for clients, and we got releases from the clients to include them in this class. So, like, these are actual real sessions.
2: Yes. So it's going to go across the gamut. Like I said, you'll have beautifully recorded drums with drum tacks. And then, you know, some songs will have guitar DI, some will have amp tone, some will have sims, some, you know, it's, it's just the entire gamut. It's going to force you to not just pigeonhole yourself and go back to your tendencies. You're going to have to move out and we're going to mix them really fast and under certain cons- constraints. And that'll force you to just do a lot of things. So it's cool because like I said, the entire thing and all of the training section is designed for you to get better and get better fast, better at EQing, better at hearing, better at committing, better at trusting your gut, better at being confident while you're mixing, you know, because if you can get through this and we're all going to go through this as a group, again, not required, but they are mandatory, but highly recommended. Um, it's definitely, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast doing it. And it's, it could definitely make you guys a lot better as mixers.
0: Yeah, you just to uh, talk about the confidence thing for a second, because you mentioned that like last night um, we had our due date for, Nail the Mix this month. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Nail the Mix, um, it's our subscription program. It's our flagship where every month we release a new set of raw multi tracks from a popular, awesome artist. And at the end of the month, we have the guy who mixed it give a masterclass on it. And Sometime during the month, there's a mix competition every single month. So you guys, the uh, students, actually do get to mix great tracks from bands like Meshuga or Gojira or A Day to Remember. Anyways, this month was Architects, and the due date was last night. And there was this one kid who uh, was in the chat like maybe 40 minutes before deadline. Mind you, had like like three weeks to get this done. And he posted two different versions of the song that were just messed up. And uh, we were like, dude, what are you asking? He's like, which one do I go with? And what we said was, man, they're both messed up. How long have you been mixing? He's like, my ears are so shot. I've been sitting here for like six hours. And we're like, man.
2: Perfect, perfect example.
0: Yeah, like, dude, you're not making things any better. Just like. I bet that if you just ditched right now and started from scratch tomorrow, you could get done in 30 minutes what you couldn't get done in six hours tonight. And the problem here really is that he didn't have a system in advance to help him get through this problem. So he went down the mix vortex of hell that all kinds of amateur mixers go into. He didn't get the tracks done. He didn't feel good about himself and uh, ruined his hearing.
2: I'll tell you a story. This is a perfect example. So when we were doing um, Machine Heads, is anybody out there? The first mix I did um, that only Rob heard, I spent all this time um, working on it for like two or three days and trying to reinvent it, get fancy, because I psyched myself out. I'm like, dude, Machine Heads work with Colin Richardson. I'm like, holy crap, how am I going to even come close to that? Like That's like one of my idols. Like There's no way. So I psyched myself out, and then I just... It was a shitty mix, and then I came back like two or three days later. It didn't feel right. I sat down. I'm like, all right, dude, I'm just going to fuck it up. So I loaded some templates and just did what I was going to do. I threw it in my stuff, started tweaking and boom, I, in like 45 minutes I had the mix, I sent it over. And, you know, it we, we was like 20 times better and we were on our way. So you know what I mean? It just goes to show you that sometimes it's really easy to psych yourself out like, oh man, I got this big band and blah, 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 blah. And I, I'm going to make the best snare ever. So I got to spend three hours on it. And that's not your best mix. Your best mix is when you sit down and you're like, all right, man, I'm going to kill this. And you're just impulse, 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 impulse. Oh, we're getting technical and I'm going to stop and turn it in. <laughs> you know, like when you can learn how to do that, that's when you know you know you have the confidence and you instill. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You can spend four days on the drum sound. You literally four days. It could be the sickest drum sound you think you've ever done in your life. But if the drummer thinks it sucks, you just wasted four days. <laughs> I spend 10 minutes on my drum sound, sometimes five. And then I send it to the drummer, and either he's like, This is sick. Or, dude, it needs some work. And then I'm like, okay, then if it needs some work, it gets some work. But if, it, if he thinks it's sick, then, you know, I just want to feel it. Like, what does this need? It feels like it needs that. Boom, awesome. That's it. Like, you got to learn to trust your gut. And it, so many people just overthink it. it. It just comes from a lack of confidence.
0: And uh, you actually go into detail on how to develop that confidence. So you're not just like, you're not just saying have confidence, the way that people say, oh, just believe in yourself. We're going to train
2: it into them. Yeah. (laughs) One day at a time. It's going to be bloody. But once you get through it, like I said, you're going to come out like, dude, I survived speed mixing. So this local band, no problem. Bring them on, (laughs) you know, this mix off, no problem. You know what I mean? Exactly. it's exciting
0: so let's talk real quick about what you get if you buy the course you get lifetime access to 70 instructional videos covering mixing techniques client relations time management DAW optimization business systems team building outsourcing speed building EQ training and Joel's proven method for extreme effectiveness and efficiency in the studio you get a 7 week speed mixing boot camp complete with 30 sets of expertly recorded multi genre raw multi tracks and uh Like we said before, these are tracks that we've actually recorded and mixed. These are real bands. Uh, This is not just like something that we put together for this course. These are actual clients that we've had. And for those of you who don't have clients, you can use these in your portfolio up to 45 seconds. So. That's positive. You get bonus access to our exclusive instructor-led speed mixing group, where you'll get a chance to learn from your peers, as well as attend free weekly live chats focused on what's helping you conquer the speed mixing system. You get 43 pages of hard-hitting supplemental materials, including step-by-step assignments, trackers, charts, notes, and spreadsheets, all of which will help you build a professional mixing business, no matter if you work out of your house or rent a studio space. You get a client acquisition masterclass. That's uh, twelve videos on how to get clients, no matter where you're at in your career, whether you're already mixing some signed bands or starting from the beginning, and an awesome set of bonuses. You get the speed mixing bundle by JST. That's uh, five plugins: gain reduction deluxe, tone forge guilty pleasure, Tominator, clip, and finality. You get a one-on-one 15-minute Skype call with Joel, where he will personally help you through any of your speed mixing challenges, and a free month of URM Enhanced, plus a free month of Nail the Mix, any previous month of your choice, and, of course, free updates for life. Now, one last thing I want to talk about about this course, and uh, we've barely covered this, but, man, you go into a lot of detail on this, which is uh, templates, um, and ah uh, yes, a lot of people seem to think that templates are bad or evil or they can really uh, take the art out of mixing or make everything <laughs> sound homogenous, but we feel the exact opposite, and not only... If, uh, I'd like you to address that, but uh, not only do we feel the exact opposite... But I want to clear up that this is not a template course. We don't actually give you any templates in this course. However, we will teach you how to make the most badass templates that work in any genre, any time, and cover any situation. So, that said... Please rant on how.
2: Oh, man, I'm already steaming. Okay, here's the thing with templates. You know, there's that whole Mr. Like, oh, I don't use templates or oh, I, I want to make every band sound unique. And like, I get that because I'm the guy that hates technically templatizing things. Like I never want to make one band sound the same as the last band I recorded ever. Like I hate that. I always try to, and I've always tried my entire career to make things sound custom. However, there's a lot of things that have nothing to do with art. Like for example, having a really tight focused bottom end, that's a science thing or like a good, clean mid range. It has nothing to do with art. And there's a lot of BS tasks like, you know, routing, for example. I mean, imagine this, you're sitting there trying to mix and it's like you, you throw the faders up and you get that initial inspiration. You're just stoked. You're like, hell yeah. You know, and you, you start going and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I got to get a guitar bus. Hold on. Add track, route, boom. All of a sudden, boom, you just kill Dude, the momentum. I
0: cannot tell you, even when I was writing all the time, how before I realized I needed to templatize that, how much that would kill my vibe just like every single time I want to write a song. Okay, I got to like load up guitar tracks and I got to link them to the DIs and I got to get a good amp sim going. It's like, why did I just get this all in a template, load it up and fucking hit record?
2: That's a really good question. And I feel like... People that are against that are just stupid. I mean, I hate to sound like blunt and brutal, but I mean, seriously, why the hell would you not templatize dumb tasks like setting up a routing scheme that you can use every time? Or like, let's even let's skip mixing. Let's talk about tracking, having a setup where you can just fly in a bunch of tracks and then start cutting vocals and it's already pre-routed with any effects you'll need or, you know, pre-mixing so you can kind of hear what it would sound like and you can easily comp or guitars or, you know, you can cut a DI and uh, an actual amp at the same time. You know what I mean? Like setting up temp, plates that allow you just to do everything. So I templatize everything I can, whether it be even even stupid things like tones. You know, if I find a six tone or, um, you know, another example is having several tones so I can just drop them in a session and be like, all right, I got four guitar tones to work with that are perfect for this genre. And I have no idea how either one of those is going to sound with the, the DI because it's a different guitar, a different player, a different song, a different arrangement. And boom, boom, boom. Oh, wow, that one sounds sick. I'm going to use that. Same thing for the bass. Boom, now let's flip through some different samples. Oh, wow, that sounds sick. A little bit of tweak, a little bit of tweak. Boom, now we're rocking and rolling and it's purely creative. The thing that people don't understand is that by not templatizing these things, you're wasting your time. You're by wasting your time, you're not doing the artist service. You're not focusing on what the artist really needs and that's you to be creative and you to spend the time and energy to give that unique awesome sound because you're wasting all this time doing stuff that could be templatized and you could just remove all the technical crap from your life. And then you could just sit down and you could focus on creation instead of technique. And it's just such a large distinction that I feel like needs to be made. So by using a lot of templates, I feel like it actually speeds people up so they can be more creative and they can be more artistic because they're not dealing with stuff that slows them down. Like you said, you know, nothing slows you down more than having to route the background vocal group when you're sitting there trying to mix it and you've got 40 tracks of vocals to go through and you're just like, damn, man, I got to create 10 groups and route them here. And they're gonna load this stupid plugin, and it's a waste of your time. Like, if you're gonna use it and you know you're gonna use it, you might as well at least have it loaded so then you can go in and you can set it up. And if you gotta adjust it, then adjust it. But if you know you're gonna put a damn limiter on a vocal, then have a damn limiter on there so you can just open it, slide it, close it, and be done with it and not have to sit there and be like, okay, find the right limiter in the plugin. Oh, wait, I changed the button. My assistant changed the button. Now it's not sorted by vendor and I can't find anything. And, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to waste any of your time with that crap. And it's it's just like little things like that, they really add up.
0: They're not so little when they add up though. Like the thing is that um, when they do start to add up, You end up working yourself into a corner, which has happened to me many times before I figured out how to speed up my workflow. And it's kind of killed many good songs or sometimes even sessions that were going on great until I hit this like a wall and my system wasn't efficient enough to help me work my way out of it quickly enough to where I could hang on to the inspiration. And let me give you an example of something that we saw in Nail the Mix, which was the exact opposite of the situation I'm describing. So Billy Decker, who we talked about earlier, star country mixer, who is a speed mixer, one of the fastest mixers I've ever seen. Dude, um, he's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, Even I'll, I give Billy Decker props.
0: He's re- Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. And uh, on one of the songs that he was mixing... Uh, there was kind of a transition between two parts that I think was kind of awkward. And he wanted to put some sort of a like a, a delay like trick to bridge the gap between the two parts. And so he made it, and it sounded kind of lame. And he thought it sounded lame. We all kind of did. It was one of those, like, I've got... He had an idea for something. And he went for it, and it kind of wasn't that great. But he then was like, oh, I've got another way to do it. And within five minutes, he completely redid the effect, rerouted everything like the way he wanted it, and he had it sounding perfect, like a million bucks. And the only way that he could have taken his idea through a bad iteration of it, and all the way to a successful iteration of it in five minutes flat and not be sidelined by it was because his system of mixing is so damn efficient that he didn't mix himself into a corner. I know a lot of guys who would have kind of done the first version of that delay trick, it not work out, and then they just give up because their system is so inefficient that they won't really know how to then change it up quickly enough to where they could still stay in a flow state and get it right. If that makes sense.
2: I mean, I teach one thing in this course that I think is a great answer to that is anytime you do something cool, save it as a template so you can do it cool again. Um, Anytime, for example, I use color coding to do a lot of things, which I talk about ad nauseum in the course, but I always take something that I doesn't fit, like it's a weird effect or something, and I always give it red. Then I know it's it's got a special case. And then the first thing I do when I, I mix the whole song, usually instrumentally, then fly in the vocals, and then I go through all the red tracks. And when I hit the red tracks, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay this is supposed to be some kind of filter effect or something so I, I go through my couple of filter templates or you know what I mean so I, I have like templates for everything and then I can just go boom no boom no boom oh that's close okay let's tweak it and bam it's so much faster than having to set the damn thing up from scratch every time and then you know I'm like okay I got some new combination I've never used boom save it and then it's highly organized so it's easy to find and you can just be like oh I need this nope 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 oh that's amazing that's perfect for this song a little bit of tweak boom okay now I'll save that so if I needed it again, I've got it.
0: Yeah, it makes all the difference in the, in the world. And uh, it, back before you got all uh, speed mixing eyes did you ever work yourself into corners you couldn't get out
2: of? Yeah. Um, it's been a I,
0: while, I bet.
2: Definitely. How this all started for me, really, um, is I would sit there with a band and play around forever but then I started running more of a commercial studio in terms of like I had clients and the band would come in. we got five days to do five songs because they're local bands and they're cheap and it would always be like Friday morning and I would have just finished tracking at like you know nine in the morning and I'm like crap I gotta finish mixing this band by five o'clock and I gotta do five songs so lo and behold no matter how many songs I had to do I always had the dang thing finished at 459 in like 23 seconds and I was printing the master and they were in the car and they were signing off so it it kind of evolved really, you know what I mean? Like all these workflow habits, it really wasn't until I started dealing with Joey stuff and we started really like teaming up on that, that we started building systems of email interaction and testing that because all my clients came in physically to me, but that's where I really learned how to mix fast and make crazy templates and like, you know, be able to shotgun out hell. I even learned, I even would, would track into a full mix. So by the time I got to mixing, like there was no surprises, like you knew what the guitar tone was. So I, I would, record to the point where it was already almost mixed so there was that even that much mixing to do um but really when i started working fully remotely and there were no bands in the studio and it was just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs and mixing that's when it really evolved into the necessity to make better communication rules or better you know things like that so um everything evolved organically but I mean, the, the thing is, anytime I got into a bind AL, I always sat down. You know, there's something about that performance anxiety, that pressure, having the client sitting over the shoulder. Like, I can't tell how many times a bunch of dudes would walk into my sh- uh, studio. They would be like, yo, I got an acoustic guitar and I got four chords and I got some lyrics and I got a song title. Now write me a song that sounds like this. And they would play me something I've never heard in a genre I didn't even know existed. And I, my eyes would roll in the back of my head. I'm like, okay, confidence. I have to act like I know what the hell I'm doing, even though I'm totally lost. And I would have to create something out of my head and and you know you just have to figure it out and that comes from confidence knowing that you've gone through a bunch of situations see this is the thing about mixing when people only mix one bloody song a month like nail the mix or sitting there tweaking and tweaking for 3 weeks it doesn't really they're not they're not doing it right when you mix 20 songs in a month or more, you have 20 different sets of problems that you're solving. You're not just learning how to mix one bloody song. You're learning how to mix an array of problems and problem solving. And after you've solved enough problems, you've seen them all, you've heard them all. And then no matter what problem comes and shows up at your door, you can handle it. And that's what this is about. It's about teaching you to solve problems. And like I said, going back to the person who's like, well, I don't have any clients. This is about setting up a system of success that allows you to grow and expand and put you way ahead of the curve because, hey, listen, your money, it replenishes. Every week you get your paycheck, it comes back. What does not replenish is your time. So are you willing to part with a little bit of your money so you can save yourself a lot of time, a lot of mistakes, expensive mistakes? I mean, to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. And I think about
0: how many years you would have saved if someone came along and showed you this at the beginning.
2: I would have given somebody a $20,000 check. I would have sold a damn kidney to get this information 10 years ago because I can't even imagine where I would be now if I knew this 10 years ago. I I wish I knew this like back in 2000. I wish I knew this 15 years ago, like when I was starting to just dabble with recording. Oh my, this would have changed my life in ways I cannot even explain. It's, It's stupid for me to think like, how much better my life would be if I knew this information? <laughs> it's 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 almost laughable. Like it's I'm so mad at myself for not sad. figuring this out. Maybe I feel like an old, like wise man sitting down, telling my younger self, like scolding, like you idiot, you better listen. Blah 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 blah. You know. But I I really wish I would have known this information. It would have just. Ugh. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm thinking back right now, just like being just thinking and being like, man. There's so many situations that. Kinda, I kind of fucked up because I didn't have an efficient enough system <laughs> that would it, it costs you out. money. That's the yeah. problem.
2: So the thing is, it's like, you can figure this stuff out on your own, maybe. Um, then again, I only know, like, I can count on one hand how many dudes I know that can clear over 500 songs a year and do it more than one or two years in a row. Um, so maybe you won't figure it out on your own. But in case you're, like, one of those savants who just figures it out somehow. Um, Good for you. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Exactly. Like, it, it's just, it, it's just, what, what is the probability of that? That's not going to be most people. Most people are going to have to learn this stuff very slowly and very much through hard. You know, there's so many bad habits. Like, when I go watch my neighbor across the hall mix, I'm like, why are you comping like that? There's a way better to do that. And he doesn't want to listen to me because he's comfortable doing it the way, but I'm like, yeah, if you would just tweak it like this, you could save all this extra time and he doesn't want to do it. But it's just like, I'm like, dude, here's 10 things you could add into your workflow immediately. And that would cut down probably an hour to two hours a day of your life. he doesn't want to listen. So that just goes to show, you know, like people get bad habits and just because they're used to them, that doesn't mean that they're the best habits. It's when you sit down and try to break down those habits and say, okay, I'm pretty fast at this, but can I get faster? Am I thinking about this the correct way? What if I try a 180 reversal and try doing it, you know, go around the sides instead of like what I would expect to do, you know, is there a way to come up with like a clever, creative way to do this? And, um, you know, sometimes I've had like really shocking revelations. Like Joey and I used to really nerd out on this stuff and come up with like crazy experiments. And, um, you know, this is where all this stuff kind of came from. It just slowly, but surely evolved. And
0: speaking of habits, we actually have a habit trainer in the course. We uh, do. And yeah. that's
2: a very important thing because breaking a bad habit is not easy, hence why most people have bad habits. And uh, we're going to teach you how to do it kind of on a uh, neurological level. You know, like we've read some books on neuroscience and human learning and things like that. So we're going to, a lot of the learning in this course is optimized for human learning to offer different types of learning for different styles of learning, So it can or learners, so it can be most effective. Can you say learning one more time? Learning. Learning. <laughs> Different types of learning. <laughs>
0: it, th- there's so much in the course. Uh, Nailthemix.com slash speedmixing. So I think you've heard enough for today. We could probably talk about this for about eight more hours. Uh, there are about 70 videos in this course, and it did take us over a year to make. So, you know, we're going
2: uh, Ten years uh, minimum, probably more like fifteen years of actual oh. real world. Student. Well, not just me though. There's also other people's time, like Joey. So yeah, it took it's just a, a lifetime of work. So one,
0: one year of working on the course itself, though, like
2: sure, fine, I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a long time. So I just
2: need people to understand that this is not like something that just happened.
0: No, definitely not. All right, so safe to say that. You've heard a lot about speed mixing over the course of this podcast. And you know that we normally don't do sales pitches on the podcast. It's normally been, you know, talking to great guests or telling our own stories, answering questions. It's very, very rare that we'll be like, hey, buy this. But we feel very, very strongly about it. Um, Not only is it something that we have seen in the most successful guests that we've had on, but we've also seen these habits in our most successful students. And as you've heard, we've noticed this in our own lives that the, the better you get with your workflow, the more efficient you are from everything from preparation for the, for the session to what happens after the session to your actual, you know, audio mixing skills, the better off you'll be. So, give it a shot. We've got a 30-day money back guarantee anyways, so if you don't like it, no questions asked, we'll refund you. Go to nailthemix.com/speedmixing. And good luck, guys.
1: The Unstoppable Recording Machine podcast is brought to you by Two Notes Audio Engineering. Two Notes is a leader in the market for loadbox, cabinet, and mic simulators. Gone are the days of having ISO rooms or having to record an amp at ear bleeding volumes to capture that magic tone. The Torpedo Live, Reload, and Studio allow you to crank your amp up as loud as you want, but record silently. Check out www.two-notes.com for more info. To ask us questions, make suggestions, and interact, visit nailthemix.com slash podcast and subscribe today.